Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Coffee with Casey. My name is Casey Sampson. Well, it's been a while since we got together on Coffee with Casey. It's May the 20th, 2021. I've got Billy Sampson here with me. Hey, guys. What's up? To, uh, talk about the market, <clears throat> see what's going on. And it's been, uh, been interesting to say the least. But what we like to do is we like to frame the market and where it is, how we got here, where we are today, where we're going. <clears throat> I'm going to give you things like a $100,000 word. I mean, a word, literally one word can make or break a $100,000 deal for a seller. So we're going to talk about that. I'm going to go over what the rules are for this market um, because there are clear and defining rules that you need to operate in in order to get the max amount of money. Normally, you might have one or two percent that you could make or lose. Now you're talking about 10%, 15%. So there's a lot more money at stake. There's a lot more thoughtfulness that needs to go into the market. So we're gonna talk about the rules of the market and I'm gonna give advice for sellers and buyers as we move forward in this market. So, so where are we now? It's not <clears throat> hard to tell everybody it's a, it's a hot market, it's a supermarket, but what this is is it's actually a hyper peak. Um, I've never seen a hyper peak and I've been in the market since uh, 1981. So a hyper peak is we peak out on prices every six to 10 years. What happens is inventory goes down, prices go up, interest rates go down, prices go up, and then they peak out and all of a sudden they raise interest rates, inventory comes on the market and they soften again. So prices peak every six to 10 years. Now, what happened this time was we had a hyper peak. I'm going to show you how that was caused here. I'm going to share my screen real quick and I'm going to go back to, um, to this piece and I want to show you how this was caused. So inventory is a key piece of any market, okay? Supply and demand, right? So the supply of homes on the market is very important um, when you talk about supplying the demand. So here's what happened. If you go back to 2011, we had about 4,000 homes on the market between January 1 and March 15. And then you see it got up to, you know, 4,300 and then it sank low. So for a period of three or four years, we had a really a low inventory and that caused prices to go up in late 2014, or early 2015. So what happened was, and the reason why this is an important time in history is about to repeat itself. So everybody that had to sell, wanted to sell, and opportunity sellers all jumped on the market in 2015. You can see the inventory went up to 4,855, which is easily 20% higher than it was. And it stayed there for three years. So what happened then was between those periods of 2015 to 2017, prices got soft. Look at the inventory heading down. Now, so it was heading down and we were going back into a, to a lull where inventory was low and prices would increase. But then what happened was a few things. Interest rates fell a full point. The pandemic hit and inventory went from 4,300 to 3,500. And even in 2021, even though it is recovering, it is not close to the average it should be, which is 4,300. So we're still a good 500 houses behind and considering last year we were 700 houses behind, you can see 
that we still have not caught up with the supply that we're looking for. So with interest rates down and inventory still low, that is what's causing this to continue. Now, this is rising dramatically. And I was, we will watch this every month. Every month we'll watch the numbers and compare them to the last 12 years just to see, or 10 years, just to see is the inventory coming back or not? A key indicator of whether the seller's market, this hyper peak is coming to an end will be two things, inventory and interest rates. So that's what we're gonna be watching. This is the inventory and then we'll get to the interest rates and keep an eye on them. But we'll do that every week. And I hope, Billy, was that chart come up? That every, did you see that? Could you? Yeah. Could you Really see what I'm talking about? Yeah, we saw that. And I mean, I think that's, you know, right in line with what we've been seeing. You know, a lot of people in 2020, they didn't put their house on the market for a lot of reasons. You know, number one, I mean, you know, the pandemic was a big thing. Um, but there's a lot of supply that hasn't hit the market in the last year and a half that's coming. So you're right. Um, and then also with the interest rates, like you were saying, I mean, 5% inflation, um, you know, the Federal Reserve, the Fed's going to have to raise interest yeah, rates yeah. soon. I mean, 5%, 6% inflation is not, you know, not healthy. So we'll keep an eye on both of those. We're going to do coffee with Casey um, every Thursday at 11. Yeah. Me getting an invitation to go play RTJ or Trump National or something like that. If I get a big golf, <laughs> I'm out of here. But other than that, I'll be here Thursday mornings at 11 o'clock. We're going to go over market updates, tips, things that have been happening. So Right now in today's market, it is true. Homes are being bid up 150,000 over list price. I haven't seen that before. It is true. People are buying homes in the coming soon period. I've never seen that before. So our policy is when you're selling a home, give it as much exposure as humanly possible to as many people as you possibly can. That includes showings on Friday, Saturday, open house on Sunday and massive marketing campaigns. What we found was the highest and best contracts, contracts we could not turn down, were coming during the coming soon time period. Now, here's how you manage those. <clears throat> First thing out of every realtor's mouth is you can't show a house during coming soon. That is true. You can't accept a contract. Now, on Thursday, when a house goes live, the first two or three showings can do people that have signed off on contracts pending them going through the house. So they can walk in on Thursday at five o'clock, see it, love it and say, yes, I've removed it, I'm ready to go, we're done. And that goes from, you know, basically coming soon to a quick active to under contract. So there's a way of managing this. Now, why is that effective? Well, it's effective because the seller has a, a maximum amount of leverage. That buyer does not want this home to hit the buyer pool. It doesn't want everybody to see it. So. If they come in all cash, 150,000 over list price, far more than we had anticipated, um, no home inspection, no appraisal, you know, quick close, cash, free rent back, then the sellers, you know, we present that to them and say, you know, is this something you'd be interested in? And many cases we're finding the sellers are wanting to take those contracts. Now, 
we normally follow the path of open houses. I would say, Billy, what do you think? 10% of our listings make it to the open house? Yeah, not even 5%, maybe. I mean, we haven't had an open house and I don't know. I mean, it's been a long time. Three, four months. I mean, usually our houses get bid up during coming soon. And then, um, you know, whenever we go active on Thursday, Friday, I mean, we get five to 10 contracts on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and they don't even make it to the open house. So, yeah, I know. So, so that all, that all is true. And that's what's happening right now. And that is totally unique. And I, I want everybody to take one thing to take a step back and understand this though. When we talk about rules, real estate is local. Real estate is geographic. Real estate is numeric. In other words, you know, $700,000 homes are a different market than $1.3 million homes. So we need to assess each individual market. I'm going to do that here for you in a minute. But for the majority of the homes that we deal with, and our average home is a million dollars, and it's anywhere from Arlington to uh, Leesburg. But, you know, in, in our price ranges, this is about what, what we're seeing. So coming soon is unique. Seven to 10 contracts is unique. Um, buyers need to know that uh, $50,000 over list price is a starting point. Um, but let me, let me just caution everybody that 50% of the houses in our market are not going under contract in the first week. So all of this power, all of this bidding power, all this bidding war, all this home inspection, no home inspection, no appraisal, that all happens in the first seven days. So 50% of the homes are not achieving that goal. So we're going to talk about what it takes to get into that seven to 10 day period where you do command it or two day period where you do command the highest price and the best thing. So, so all homes are not experiencing this. All homes are not selling. Um, you know, it is false. You cannot get a premium for your house if you have not prepared the home for today's buyers. So today's buyers that are going to pay the most amount of money want to see a home in a certain condition with certain colors, certain lighting fixtures. You can't just throw a house on the market, put it overpriced and expect it to sell. Those are the 50% of the homes that aren't selling. And 35% of, of the houses that are listed don't sell at all. Just, just are taken off the market and withdrawn unsold. So, so you cannot overprice. You cannot you know, not prepare the house. You must prepare the house for sale. Really, the only thing you can do wrong, it's impossible to underprice it because if people are going to bid $150,000 or less price, it's literally impossible to underprice a house right now. So when you're talking about pricing, a list price is designed for the biggest buyer pool. It's usually $25,000 away from where you hope you're going to get or $50,000 away from you hope you're going to get but if you can get under a $50,000 threshold, $100,000 threshold, let's say you think you're going to get eight twenty-five, dollars and you go off at eight hundred, dollars well, you could end up at $900,000 because the buyer pool under eight hundred dollars is four times larger than the buyer pool over eight hundred. dollars So the key when you're doing this is we prepare the homes correctly, you price it under a major threshold, and that is where you're going to get the biggest bang for the buck. And I'm going to give you the $100,000 word here in a second. But the evidence of this is I think we've launched 37 houses, 37 are under contract, 37 went in the first week. 
Um, 37 did not have home inspections. 37 did not have appraisals. Um, and the average bidding price was, I mean, the average bidding price is 5%. So if our average home sale is a million bucks, we were getting a $50,000 premium per house. However, we do have homes that are now 150,000 over list price, 177,000. Billy, you just settled on Cedar yeah. And that was a Google executive and an AWS executive all bidding on for the house, fighting for the house. And you ended up, I guess, 177,000 over list price. Yep. So that's pretty crazy without yep. any home inspections or appraisals or things like that. We actually had four contracts over 170,000 over list. So yeah. that was a pretty crazy, but that just goes hand in hand with what you were talking about. You know, I mean, we put it, I mean, we comped it out at, you know, one, three, five ish. And, you know, we listed it at one, three, and then all of a sudden we had 20 contracts and they were getting bid up 180,000 over list. So yeah, it goes in. Yeah. I mean, hand in hand with the buyer pool. I mean, if you I, had hit a one, big... I had it at one, three, two, five and felt yeah. that, you know, if we get it under 1.3, then we should expect 1.35 and ended up, and you did a masterful job getting the two people to bid up and get it up to 1.477. Now, let me also add that those bids were during the coming soon period. Yeah. Weren't you working those contracts during the coming soon period? Yeah, we were working those during the coming soon uh, period. And then we, we actually had to move up our uh, list date because we were going to list it on Friday, but we had to uh, move up to Thursday and then so contracts we were in. Property and get the contracts ratified and done. Yeah, yeah. yep. Because there was just too much anxiety. Okay, now let me give you a hundred thousand dollar word here. The hundred thousand dollar word, <clears throat> which shocks me, that realtors still use this word and do this word, is a word called escalation. <laughs> now that is a hundred thousand dollar word. Let me give you an example. We have had people put in a contract, a hundred thousand over list price and there was no other contract to bid against. We've had them put them in for 150,000 over list price and there was no other contracts to bid against. So let me explain escalation clause briefly. An escalation clause says, I will give you $2,000 higher than the next or $5,000 higher than the next, next highest bid up to a certain amount. Well, if you accept that escalation clause and there's no other bidders, you just sold your house at list price. We do it as highest and best offers. We're not talking about any other contracts. It's highest and best offer. You've lost four contracts. You know the rules. Give us your highest and best offer. Some people will offer 100 or 150,000 above list price and not have another contract submitted on the property. So that happens. So what am I saying? Well, that seller got $150,000 because we use highest and best and not escalation clauses. Now, when we're out working as buyer agents, <clears throat> excuse me, I really do drink, drink coffee. Carol said, if we were going to have our, our things at 11 o'clock though, we should call it like Bronzeweiger with Casey or something like that. <laughs> We've already tried cocktails with Casey. Cocktails with Casey. That's a good one. A little do it at this is a little 5 o'clock on Friday. Yeah. So anyways, we submit a contract and we ask the realtor, do you accept escalation clauses? And they say yes. And we're thinking to ourselves, 
why are you costing a seller a hundred thousand bucks? Because we know that in some of our situations, those 37 contracts, some of them, there was no second bid. There was only one bid for a hundred thousand over list. So, so <clears throat> when a realtor, if you're talking to a realtor or interviewing realtors, all you have to ask is one question. Do you accept escalation clauses? If that realtor says yes, they're very effective. Get another realtor, close the meeting down and say, we'll go find another realtor. Because we're shocked when we bring in a contract and they say, yeah, um, we'll accept escalation clauses. And so we'll throw in a, you know, a lower offer with a $2,000 buffer. And sure enough, if you had asked us for highest and best, we probably would have paid another $50,000. So the $100,000 word is a word called escalation. I hope realtors use it all the time, but, and I hope when we're going in and buying a house uh, as a seller's agent, I sure as heck hope they allow escalation clauses, but do not come to a Casey Sampson listing and try and get an escalation clause. We do highest and best offers. That generates the biggest offers. We're here for our sellers. You know, we work for sellers, not buyers. So, you know, that's that's the situation. So, so if you're a buyer, you want escalation clause. If you're a seller, you want highest and best offers. And in a market where you can get 100 or 150,000 or 177,000 over list price, trust me, that's the way you want to go. So, we've looked at the inventory. We've we've talked about, you know, because I lived through uh, 2015, I'm always thinking, here we go again, here we go again. So even though we're reaping the benefits of this market, the eyes are on inventory. The eyes are on interest rates. The eyes are on, you know, how many contracts are we getting in? What are they bidding up? Now, now we may still get people bidding contracts up, but where is it going to stop? I think that's what it is. Because in 2015, the music stopped right about June or July. So we have a keen eye. And, and this is again why when you're listing your house, you can't overprice it. The music may have stopped. So if you list it where it should be listed, if you list it at the proper price, let it bid up. If the market is still healthy, the market will bid it up. If the market has sealed, uh, has seized, in other words, if the buyers are pulling back, then at least you still have the house priced correctly where it should sell regardless of the market. So I guess my point is when you prepare a house and you price a house, you need to not price it where you think it's gonna end up, just price it where it's fair and then let the market push it up if it goes up. So. And, and so let's say you only get list price. Well, <clears throat> six months from now, if inventory goes up and interest rates go up, you may not get that price anymore. It may be lower than that. So, so we are going to take what the market's gonna give us. We're gonna make sure the house sells in the first week. We're gonna make sure that we get multiple contracts if possible. We're gonna use highest and best offers to, to get that, that big number for our seller. And so we need to know where the market is and we need to know where the market is going, okay? So let's just know that, you know, every Thursday, we're gonna look at that inventory number. I'm not saying the market is seized up yet, but I'm just saying there are indications that we are starting to see a little bit less sometimes. Billy and I were surprised that one of the houses didn't go under contract this week, which we felt would have, 
And, um, you know, we're still negotiating right now, but I would have thought that was seven contract listing uh, all day long. So mm -hmm. let's talk about the rules. When you're dealing in a market like this, okay, there are certain rules you need to keep an eye on. The first rule is that real estate is very localized. And I don't just mean geographically, I mean price ranges and things like that. Let me give you an example, okay? So I think I, I, think I have an example here. Let me just see if I can get to this real quick for you. Okay, so let's look at this market. In Vienna, detached homes, 72% of those homes are under contract, all right? Now, the condos in Vienna, same market, Vienna, 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 27% of the condos are under, mark, under contract. So what does that say? That says that it's a buyer's market in the condo market, but a massive seller's market in the detached home market. Now, over in Arlington, it's a little closer. 61% of the homes detached are under contract, which means that Arlington isn't as strong as Vienna right now. But the condos are a little stronger than the Vienna condos. So, so uh, we had a, a seller come to us and he has five properties. He can sell his primary residence and four other properties. But we need to do an analysis of all five of those markets to determine what the pricing strategy is going to be, what the marketing plan is going to be, what the predictive analysis is going to be. So you need to look at each individual market and dissect that particular market. So this is a, a good indicator that, you know, hey, Vienna single family detached? Yes. Now, you want to hear something shocking? That only half of the homes in Vienna go under contract in the first week. So if there's a shortage of houses, 72% is a, and I've never seen anything as high as 72%. That's very, very high, which means that you're basically any home that's worth its salt, that's priced right and prepared, is under contract immediately and is getting bid up. But 50% of them do not. So what does that tell you? 50% of the people are getting bad advice. Homes aren't prepared correctly. They're not priced right. They're not marketed right. Okay. So, so understand that one of the rules is that just because everybody's having a great deal and you're in a condo in Arlington doesn't mean that you're experiencing the same market that everybody else is. So when we go to Leesburg, Gainesville, Sterling, Arlington, Vienna, McLean, they're all different markets and you have to assess them all very differently, okay? So that's, that's the first rule of thumb that I think everybody needs to go by. The second rule is pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered. What that means is that if you're too high on your price, if you want too much, then you're not going to make it. And then what happens is if your house doesn't sell, people think there's something wrong with the house. And then all of a sudden it starts to drop. It starts to go down. Then you're dealing with lower prices, home inspections, and appraisal. So this is not what we want to do. Pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered. Do not, we're going we're gonna to eat just fine. Don't get too greedy. Greedy, uh, bad. So, you know, we want to play this correctly. The other rule is you need to do the strong marketing during the coming soon period. If the biggest, highest, and best contracts are coming in during coming soon, if, if you're getting mobbed with big contracts coming soon, then your marketing on day one needs to be exactly on point. Geofencing, 
Google ads, targeting people from outside of our community, targeting people from outside of, of the state of Virginia, targeting at people outside of the country of the United States. So the biggest buyers, as we found, are coming in, believe it or not, from Canada. So Canada is number two. Uh, India is number three. Um, so, you know, they're coming. Brazil is number seven. So they're coming from areas and countries where you wouldn't imagine they would be coming from. But that's that's what the statistics tell us. Our buyers are basically coming from Alexandria, Arlington, D.C., whether they're trying to leave the more populated areas and come out to the suburbs where they have a bigger house, more land and not as close and tied into each other. That, you know, that is is so that coming soon marketing needs to be targeted at those people. You cannot wait. You cannot wait to have them find your house. Let me give you a perfect example. So we have a listing and the listing is in Vienna and it's $1.6 million. And we don't have really the agents and buyers are not excited about this house. I'm excited about it. I think it's a great house. So what we do is, as we always do, we target buyers that are looking in more expensive communities, Arlington. Now this was in Vienna. So we're targeting Arlington, McLean, Falls Church, DC, Alexander. So a buyer sitting in his penthouse in New York City is looking at a house in McLean, all of a sudden our geofencing and Google ads picks him up, sends our listing to his Wall Street Journal feed. He sees it, loves it. He gets on a plane, he comes down, and he buys it. And $1.6 million is not much to a guy that is living in a penthouse in New York City. So we couldn't wait for the local buyers to find it. We had to go find somebody that was looking in more expensive areas and couldn't find what they want. And we had to send our home to them, have them find it, love it. And I will tell you that that is extremely uh, um, effective when you're trying to get people from Alexandria, Arlington and DC to drive 40 minutes to come to Herndon or Vienna or McLean or Oakton uh, for some of these homes. So, so even though this is a gray market, you cannot set and rest on your laurels. You need to do what it takes. And that's during the coming soon period. Find your buyers. You need to make, um, so, you know, one of the rules is if you're gonna be a buyer, you better eliminate all coming, you know, you better eliminate all home inspections, better eliminate um, um, appraisal contingencies. And you really need to be thinking about your pricing. And it's not sometimes 5,000 over list price. Um, now, again, we'll talk about advice for buyers and sellers down here, but, but kind of the rule of thumb is don't go walking out there thinking you get a home inspection, not in this market and get in a house. Okay. Now, with that said, in a contract, the home may not be have an inspection, but a contract says that a buyer has the right to, to have inspectors come in and look at the house. I mean, that's inherent in all contracts. So one of the rules is that it may not be in there, but you have to be prepared for it. And that could happen. Not that it's going to affect the contract, but if you try and prevent it, then it looks like you're hiding something. We're not hiding anything. We're not hiding anything, okay? You can't act like you're hiding something. So 
the other rule is during this coming soon period, agents and buyers, you cannot get in the house unless it is active. Okay. If the home is now, some people will go temporarily off the market, let people in and look at it. And at that point, the only thing you can do from temporarily off the market is go active. You can't go back to coming soon. So some people will put it on temporarily off the market, but do not shy away from trying to get that house during the coming soon period, because that's just, we used to not allow it, but now there's nothing we can do, right, Billy? I mean, if they're, they're climbing all over us, we just have to do it. So, all right. So let's get some advice for sellers. Let's get some advice for buyers real quick as we sign off here, because I'm at 30 minutes. So the advice for the sellers is prepare and price. Now, Billy, you're the best guy, you know, that I know. I mean, all of our, our agents that work on our team are great at preparing the house. You do a lot of hands-on with, with the sellers. Um, let's just talk about the top five things we do to a house that make it prepared for the sale. What are the five top things we do to prepare homes for sale? Yeah, so, I mean, number one is paint. You know that. I mean, we talk about paint always. Um, a lot of buyers nowadays, they don't have vision, so they can't see a house. Like if it's painted, you know, yellow or brown or red or whatever, we, we like to put it in the grayish. Um, so, you know, it's it works with gray and beige, but yeah, paint is number one. Hardware on the uh, doors is number two. So we like to put, um, you know, all of the brass, like if it's, if it's the shiny gold, you know, we like to uh, nuke that out. So it's take away the gold and put in the brush nickel or the black. And we can um, get fairly accurate um, estimates of pricing because I mean, oh, yeah. we do this eight houses a, a month. So yeah. we're pretty locked in. Every house that we do, we put down the budget of what we spent for each yep. item. So if we're in a 4,200 square foot house and we need to lock out hardware, we can pretty much tell you what that's going to cost. We pretty much tell you what painting the main level of a 4,200 square foot house is going to cost. Yep. So we yeah, have so so it's 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 mainly paint, uh, door hardware, and then lighting fixtures are also a big one. Um, you know, if you see so something that looks like 1970 in the house, we want to take that out and um, put in a you know a 2021 fixture, and you know that that usually costs 200 or 300 dollars, which is you know I mean if we can if we can take out um, some that looks like 1970 and put in some that looks like 2021 for only 200 or 300 bucks. You and know, the, two, the two lighting fixtures that we basically focus on is dining room, uh, dining room chandelier in the kitchen. Uh, and the foyer. Yeah, and the foyer. Yep. So those, are, those are kind of the key lighting fixtures we have. Um, replacing some of the old brass stuff is, is critical. Yep. Um, making sure that you're, when somebody walks up to the front door, they're not seeing gold all and brass all over the place. They're seeing black or yeah. brush nickel, uh, black for the lighting fixtures, things like that. Now, let me just let me just stop for a second and say when we prepare these houses and paint, lighting fixtures, plumbing, um, flooring, flooring and hardware, um, that we try and get the sellers to focus. This is not an expense. This is an investment. Investment, yep. And I can tell you, I got 37 sellers that will all back me on this. That if you put up a dollar, you're getting back at least seven, if not 10. So look at it as an investment. Now, so in preparing and pricing the home correctly, that's kind of the main thing you need to do. And you need to make sure that 
your realtor, which should be us, if it's not us, make sure your realtor only accepts highest and best offers. And they have to have enough backbone to stand at the realtors that are going to say, hey, I'm bringing an escalation clause. They will try and jam that down your throat. But you need to be tough enough and, and, and to say there are no escalation clauses on this. And you just need to stand up. You need to have a realtor that will stand up. We do. So the buyers. If, if a seller is going to get 10 times his money back on paint, hardware, lighting fixtures, and all of that stuff. So if I'm a buyer, I'm walking into a house that has not been prepared. Mm -hmm. The paint looks awful. The, the lighting fixtures are old and dated. The, the, the brass hardware on the handles, you know, all of this stuff. I'm looking for a dated looking house with good bones, new roof, good HVAC unit. Um, you know, maybe they've updated their kitchen or a bathroom, master bedroom, bathroom. You know, they've done the capital improvements that you're not going to get your money back for. So if you put up a capital improvement, new bath, new kitchen, new roof, uh, HVACs, you're not going to get seven times the money for that. You're only going to get about half of that back. So we want somebody that's invested in capital improvements, but has not done the cosmetic. That's the one you want to get in. That's the one that most buyers don't have vision. So you need to have vision and you need to go out and get houses that are in really, really bad shape. We need to be prepared to go 5% over list price. We need to be prepared not to have a home inspection. We need to be prepared not to, um, you know, we know what the major things are in a home inspection to look for. We can look for, we can look for that stuff. We know what ages of things are. We can do inspections on properties during when we're looking at HOA docs because we do have a contingency for HOA docs. And for gosh sakes, when we're looking to present a contract, we pray to God, we have an, inex not an inexperienced agent. Let me think of the word I want to use. A buyer-friendly selling agent that will allow us to have escalation clauses. I mean, I can go into our own company and I can give a seminar and people will argue with me why you should have escalation clauses. And I just smile and say, that's great. I think you should. And I'll bring a buyer into your house and we'll use escalation clauses. But, you know, the proper way for sellers to do it is do not allow that escalation clause. So there you have a market update, where we are, where we're going, what we're looking for, for that market to turn sideways. You have the rules of engagement in a market like this. You've got advice for buyers and sellers. And, you know, really, I, I, I caution people to really heed that advice that pigs get fed and hogs get slaughtered in this market. And, and now we're starting to see the people that are not greedy, not greedy, but take opportunity that it's, it's high. Don't get too greedy on that price. Get it to a good price. Let the market bid it up while it's getting, while things are still a little crazy. Is that about it? Does that work for you today, Bill? Yep. We're at 1137, so I'm running a little late. My name is Casey Sampson. You can reach me at Casey at CaseySampson.com or 703-508-2535. Three, five, because all of our houses are under contract. All of them selling the first weekend. I'm a little bored around here and I am getting tired of playing golf. So please give us a call. <laughs> We'd be happy to help. Or you can reach Billy Sampson at, you can give a number, Bill. 
Just uh, talk to Casey. 508-2535. That's Casey's number. And then Casey at CaseySampson.com. You can reach him and he'll reach me. So there you go. Got it. All right, guys. Good luck out there in this market. Remember, there's 100,000 plus to be made if you know how to do it right. So I'm hoping this, uh, this has helped you out. And we'll see you next Thursday on Coffee with Casey. All right. Bye now. See you guys. See you.